0: Hello everyone and welcome to David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. I'm David and with me as always is
1: Nicole, hello.
0: How are you doing, Nicole?
1: I'm fine, how are you?
0: Good. I thought a very good episode of Survivor, one that could be very predictable. They had me at the edge of the seat. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't for certain who was going home, so I thought it was uh, a really good editing and making it very suspenseful to watch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we have Sean Farfaro coming back on the podcast with us. He was on last season. He's coming back again to talk with us about this season. We're really excited to have him on. Before we do, we have a couple Survivor announcements.
1: All right, ratings this week were ten point nine million.
0: So we went back up from the Thanksgiving show. That's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully, we can get them a little higher as we get closer to the finale. Uh, just one other announcement, we are going to have more guests coming on soon, uh, they're in the works, I'm in communication with them, I just ha- need to have them confirmed before I want to release them to everyone, so I don't want to get your hopes up, but we all- do have more guests coming up in the future, so stay tuned for that. Well, should we call Sean?
2: Yeah.
0: Alright, let's bring him in. Hey Sean, welcome back to the podcast, how are you?
3: I'm great, thanks for having me back, I'm excited to to be on the show again.
0: Yeah, we uh, really enjoyed your your insights into last season. Uh, We are excited to have you on again this season. We decided to do it a little bit later on in the season since last season you did it sort of near the beginning, so we got uh, more perspective this time. First, what are your initial thoughts on this season?
3: Uh, I thought the season started off well. I mean, after the last couple of seasons, uh, I mean, we had a a very uninteresting season, and then a season which was entertaining but wholly predictable. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, I thought this season has been pretty good so far. Mm -hmm. Um, I fear that we're headed for a rather uh, lackluster conclusion to it all, and I hope I'm wrong, but uh, up to this point, I've been pretty entertained by everything.
0: Yeah, definitely, I would agree. I would say this season would almost be as predictable as the last one. The only point is that because... Coach maybe doesn't have as much domination and control over the tribe. It's not as certain. Like, there's always that option that someone could flip in this one.
3: Uh, yeah, there's an option. I think it's still pretty slim. But uh, coming coming up to this point, I mean, yeah. we're, we're 12 episodes in. I mean, the first 12 episodes... Uh, there, there was a lot of back and forth and there are a little bit of surprises here and there and there was one travel Council where for the first time in years I didn't know what was going to happen at all, but there has mm-hmm. been a lot of uh, predictability so far. But keep in mind as well, I mean, just because something's predictable doesn't mean it, it's not entertaining. I mean, right. it, there's been times when things have been predictable, but they haven't really been rewarding. It's just been a boring hour of television. Yeah. And we've been lucky so far this year with uh, the exception of a couple of episodes that uh, even the stuff where we knew it was going to happen, it was still a pretty enjoyable hour.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I've been very entertained by this season, and I just, I really um, enjoy Survivor so much. And um, it's not as predictable as last season, I think. You know, with Rob and them, they weren't even talking to the other tribe at all. And at least now they're talking to each other.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's definitely some comparisons with with Rob and Coach, and I'm sure we'll get into that throughout the. Uh, course of the show, but uh, as a whole, I've been
0: pretty happy with the season. Yeah. We thought since there's only about seven or eight people left in the game, we would sort of just go down each by each, breaking them down, sort of getting your thoughts on each of the players and maybe specific things that happened to them during this past episode. Sure. Sounds good to me. So, of course, we have to start with Cochran. What do you think of his Big move to switch to the other tribe. Obviously, it did not pan out as he expected it to be. Um, Did you see this coming from a mile away? Did you think there was hope that he could have gotten farther? What did you think of the move?
3: Well, I didn't see it coming a mile away. Uh, I didn't think it wasn't possible. To answer your question, what I thought of the move, I'm, I'm one of the very few who I've seen or heard or read that actually think it was a smart move, and I still maintain it's a smart move just because it didn't work doesn't mean it wasn't the right decision for Cochrane at the time. I mean, mm-hmm. his whole argument was that he didn't try for 10 years to get on the show, to have his fate determined by pulling a rock out of a bag. And, and I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way I'd want to do that. And people have thrown the numbers out there that because uh, they had two of the Savine members had, um, uh, had immunity idols and one had one immunity. Well, now they're, percentage of drawing the rock is still only fourteen percent. But you have to remember that's fourteen percent of him drawing the rock and yeah. losing. If anyone else on his tribe draws the rock, he can kiss his game goodbye as well. Yeah. Because that tribe's getting decimated one by one. So it's not just I mean, essentially the odds are three to two, but or, or two to one. But it's still not a smart move. Why would you put everything to chance just to be stubborn and stick with tribe lines? I didn't understand Why people make that argument, and they call him cowardly. He's been universally reviled, but I kind of, I still like the move because I felt that he had the social game. I felt that he had the savvy to be able to say, yeah, I'm going from sixth in this tribe uh, to seventh in the other tribe, but if I go to seventh in the other tribe, maybe I can make a deal, and maybe seventh, Becomes fourth when there's only seven left, and maybe fourth becomes second. I thought it was a smart move. It didn't work out because the six in Apollo were pretty tight, but you know, it almost worked.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And uh, I listened to an interview with Dawn today, and she said the only thing she really regrets is not giving her immunity over to Cochran at that tribal council. That way, he wouldn't have to worry about the Rock situation at all, and he himself wouldn't be going home Um, I don't know if he would have flipped or not after that but I think that's an interesting theory
3: I think it's a good theory too. personally I think he would have flipped because I think it's a non-issue it's about what's not what's gonna happen tonight with 12 left it's what's gonna happen when there's six left or when there's seven left and if I'm him and I'm considering flipping now I'm considering whether I'm holding an immunity necklace or not but I heard Don say that and and I think it makes sense but Cochran decided the course of the game from that point forward, and, and there's nothing anyone else could have done about it other than convince him to draw rocks, and I believe he was stubborn enough to never be convinced that that was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. I I was always sort of back and forth. I didn't think it was a horrible move at all by any means, but I did think that he, he probably should have pushed harder to sort of switch when it was just Whitney and Don left and tried to make another move.
2: Yeah, I mean
3: that makes sense too. But I mean, at the end of the day, his move was not drawing rocks and flipping on a revote. It's not that he flipped immediately; he flipped on a revote. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, he he voted with his tribal lines, and and I, I it was smart to see if anyone else would have flipped first. And obviously, no one did.
2: Mm-hmm. And then when
3: you get to the revote, I mean, the only other time we've ever seen the rocks be drawn, and they've had so many different ways of. Of breaking ties, I mean fire making or other things, but we've only seen the rock come into play once, and nobody will ever forget what a horrible ending that was that Pascal, who never had anyone cast a vote for him, ended up drawing that rock. yeah, and I mean that's why mm-hmm. the mythology of the rock is such such an image for everybody that nobody ever wants to do it again. It's not like we have you know five or six times where we've had to draw rocks, and the right person went. no, it happened once. And 100% of the time, it was the absolute wrong person going home. So I think that sticks with everyone.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I agree with you, Sean. I, I think that Cochran made a good choice when he did that.
3: And, and like I said, you have to remember, just because it didn't work doesn't mean it wasn't the right decision at the time. Right. I play a lot of poker. I don't know if you guys play poker or if your listeners play poker, but if you've got pocket aces, I'm going to use a poker analogy, if you've got pocket aces and the other guy has... Pocket kings, and you're all in pre flop, and he hits a king to win. That doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. You still made the right decision. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't work out, but it still means you did the right thing. And I believe he did the right thing for himself.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Taking that in consideration, and just Cochran as the whole of the season, were you a Cochran fan? Did you enjoy him throughout the season?
3: I really, I really did, and I still do. I mean, I remember he's still in Redemption Island, so. Uh, we haven't seen the last of him yet, and we may still see more of him. And I, I I have been a fan of him. After the first episode, he was my pick to win the whole thing. I mean, that's not looking like a great pick so far, but uh, I yeah. haven't been right the last few seasons either, either, so what do I really know? I think Cochran's got a lot of personality. I think he's intelligent. I mean, he does come across as the love child of Woody uh, Allen and Clay Aiken, but he, <laughs> yeah. he, he's given us some of the best sound soundbites we've had in the past few seasons except for maybe Boston Rob and, and Phillip
0: absolutely yeah mm-hmm. no yeah I've always been a big Cochran fan even from watching the pre-interviews I was like I like this guy I predicted him to win I really hope he can beat Ozzy uh, at the Redemption Island duel um, yeah
3: yeah. I do I do enjoy him though and, and I think um, he's got enough personality and charisma and character to potentially be back for another all-star season
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: I was honestly surprised that he made it as far as he did. You know, I um, originally didn't think he was going to make it that far because he does seem so weak, and he is a little awkward at times with the things he talks about and everything, but, you know, he made it, and I think that's really cool.
3: I agreed with you that I didn't think he was going to make it far, but I think that was less to do with him and more to do with everyone else on Savai, because... Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if it went as far as bullying. Some of it was. I mean, Jim was very aggressive to him. Um, uh, Ozzy was kind of passive aggressive to him, but everyone else just kind of ostracized him. And I, I think that was more of the reason why I thought his days were numbered. But, you know, like you say, Nicole, he, he stuck it out and, and toughed it out up to this point, and he's still hanging on by a thread.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you think about his lie that it was his birthday in three days?
3: Oh, I laughed about it. I didn't think there was anything big deal about it. There was there's been tons and tons of lies bigger than that every season. There's been bigger lies than that this season. Uh, if it got him a free massage and maybe a little bit of pity from everybody, I, I'm all for it. You can't play the game without telling little white lies along the way.
0: Yeah, uh, when I would saw the 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 tagline or the the promo for the upcoming episode. It was like, someone tells a big lie that could have dramatic influences in the game, and I'm like, what is this going to be? And it, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. that he lied about his birthday. It just seemed like another little try-to-tug to get some sympathy votes.
3: Well, you have to remember, coming into the episode, right, we're looking at the, the final seven players, which is pretty much, you know, if it's a dinner menu, it's the Apollo 6 with a side of Cochrane. So every, everybody coming in thinks Cochrane's going to go So they have to try and give you a little bit of drama to divert your attention from that. So I think that's all that was.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you think the way he went about trying to get them to keep him was the wrong way to do it? Like He he kept saying that he felt entitled and that they owed him. Do you think that was the right method to try to get them, or do you think he should have taken a different approach?
3: Well, I don't think it was the right method um, because I don't think... If anything, it was going to be a little off-putting to people. It was going to be uh, something that came across as a sense of entitlement that that he didn't really deserve. I mean, sure, he did help them, and sure, uh, he secured them, uh, being able to get rid of Savai. Uh, So I don't think it was the smartest thing. But again, it was better than nothing. I mean, it was an effort to at least try something. And it it, it looked like it was going to work. I mean, Albert and, and Coach both had a sympathetic ear for it. Sophie didn't want any 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 of it but uh, unfortunately he had to convince the group not a couple of them and, and while he was he did appear able to convince coach and Albert, he wasn't able to convince everybody so I'm glad that he tried something it's better than just sitting around and waiting to be kicked out
0: Yeah I don't know for me I thought maybe if he went more the humility route and like I'm so thankful for you guys and everything I I hope that you can take me For I'm I'm here for you guys to be a resource I can you can help or I can help you when it comes to numbers and everything and maybe talking more individually to people I don't know I don't think the whole entitlement thing I think it can be very off-putting for people especially like Sophie and everything
3: yeah but that would take some poise and preparation on his part and well that's true we know know Cochran (laughs) is very intelligent he's he's rather socially awkward
0: yeah (laughs) Speaking of socially awkward, what do you think of his stories? Every time they show Cochrane telling a story, it seems like a very awkward and inappropriate story.
3: <laughs> wow. I, I, When I hear him tell those stories, I literally have to cringe at my television because <laughs> it's just so painful and I have to pause it and I have to back it up and make sure I heard it right because last <laughs> night we're watching it and I'm like, did he really talk about... Massaging his mother, and you well, well, I mean, how can I name my recap this week anything else than than Cochran makes prank calls and massages his mom. I mean, like there's. I mean, when massaging your mom isn't the most awkward thing you've even said in this episode. I mean, and, and in the recap episode, the story he told with yeah. the Elise and the hammock. I mean, who who tells that story? and Tells it in such detail. I mean, it was very very awkward. So I. I'm not sure. Some people, when they feel uncomfortable or when they feel uh, nervous, just say the absolute wrong thing, and it seems like that's what he does. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So uh, he's on Redemption Island now against Ozzy, who uh, is apparently living it up over at Redemption Island. Do you think he has a chance?
3: Oh, sure. I think he's got a chance. It all depends on, on what the, the duel is. I mean, sure, Ozzy's got his fish bonanza, but, I mean, it, it all depends what it is. I mean, Ozzy can't win everything. Maybe he can, but it's not it's not definite. that
1: he. I don't know. I don't have high hopes for Cochran right now. He hasn't seemed to be proving himself in any challenges, and mm-hmm. Ozzy <laughs> sure has, and even challenges that don't really require much strength. Ozzy still seems to be winning them so I don't know I'm I'm worried for Cochran
3: well yeah I would think if you were to to place a bet you're probably not going to bet on Cochrane. but
2: mm-hmm. uh
3: I mean I, I give him a chance I give him a chance we have to remember as much as we all bandy about Ozzy this great competitor this great challenger who's won Ozzy's never won anything on this show that's what people <laughs> have to remember you can talk about Ozzy winning, 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 but Ozzy has never actually won anything on this show. So, depending on what happens tomorrow or next week in this uh, in this duel, uh, you know, if it's a puzzle, you know, maybe it's going to be maybe it's going to be Cochran. If it's an endurance, maybe it's going to be Cochrane. If it involves swimming, Cochrane should just burn his buff right there. And <laughs>
0: <away>. <laughs> yeah, I think anything somewhat physically related. Uh, Hands down, Ozzy. I would think even endurance, just because Ozzy's had practice for the past two challenges have been endurance, I'd give the edge to Ozzy. If it's a puzzle, I think it could be 50-50. Yeah, yeah I agree, but uh, I'm not
3: ruling him out at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he's a f- dead man walking. I think he still, ha- he still has a chance. It's, yeah, not, it's not a great chance, but it's still a chance.
3: It's like, it's like that part in Dumb and Dumber. Chances are one in a million. So you're telling me I've still got a chance.
0: <laughs> um, so what did you think of Cochran's exit from the game as he was getting voted out and his torch snuffed? Oh, how
3: can you not laugh at that? I mean, first he makes a funny line about, you know, it's a dream to have Jeff snuff his torch and then pretty much walks into the wall or walks off <laughs> the edge, walks into something. I'm just... Typical Cochrane. It's just something like you know, all his friends are at home watching on TV, shaking their head, going, "Oh, that crazy Cochrane." We've seen him do that a hundred times.
0: Yeah, it was so the, I thought It was pretty funny. It was the perfect exit for him. It totally encapsulated everything that he was about this <laughs> this entire season so far.
3: Yes, his awkwardness. His awkwardness is magically wonderful.
0: And is there a better fish holder than Cochrane?
3: <laughs> well, he seemed pretty comfortable there. I mean. You know, there are times when, you know, you see it in the mall, there's there's actually a commercial out now that's pretty funny, you know, uh, at at the mall or at at a store, the men end up holding their their wife, their girlfriend, their significant other's purse, and that's what Cochran seemed pretty pretty apt to do there with with Brandon's fish, and I mean, the fish was smaller than his hand, and he talked about how, uh, the size of the teeth and how he was going to be carried on the shoulders when he came back. And the one thing I was open for while I gave that speech was for the fish to just jump right out of his hand and yeah. back into the water, <laughs> which would have been pretty funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, fantastic.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's move on from Cochrane and talk a bit about Edna. Um, in this episode, we actually saw her scrambling and strategizing a bit, which we haven't really seen before. What do you think about Edna?
3: Um well I think Edna's been pretty invisible this this season mm-hmm. um but I mean seeing her scrambling and strategizing she really has no choice um she's flat out been told twice that she's sixth <laughs> in the alliance so I don't understand why she waited this long I don't know mm-hmm. why when you're told that you're sixth I mean Brandon told her early in the season yeah that yeah. that um you know sure we're five and we're sixth but you are definitely sixth I mean Brandon and his and his obsessive honesty laid that right out for her. And for for whatever reason, if she forgot that and just maybe didn't do the math in her head that, you know, if you're six, then you really need to make a move when there's nine left as opposed to when there's seven left. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Coach reiterated it for her again that she is six. So I don't know what she really thought she could have been here um, unless Coach actually, Coach was the swing vote in this episode, unless he actually flopped. Uh, now now she's in trouble. I, again, my, my thing about Edna is I don't understand why she waited so long. Well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So what can she do, do you think, in the next episode to um, not get voted out? Or do you think she's just kind of screwed?
3: <laughs> well, I think uh, if she doesn't win immunity, she's screwed. Because mm-hmm. at this point, there's no point in anyone voting with her. Because unless everyone votes with her, which I don't see happening, mm-hmm. um, it would potentially, even if she sways two people her way, it's a 3-3 tie. When you do those flips, you have to have an odd number of votes. And uh, I mean, if she could win immunity this week, then maybe something can happen next next week when there's five left. But um, something pretty magical has got to happen for her to stick around. I think.
0: Yeah, the only thing I can see happening is if Brandon goes absolutely crazy and they feel that which, they. Which is...
3: Always a possibility.
0: <laughs> yes, always a possibility. And they feel like it's necessary to get him out next. That's the only way I can really see her surviving the next round. Yeah,
3: I mean, that's another option. But at, at that point, yeah, uh, she would she would just be fifth at that
1: point as well.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
1: Do you think that it was a dumb move for her to vote out Rick? I mean, to try to vote him out?
3: Um, well, I think to try and vote him out, No. But to actually cast a vote for him, yes. Um, and what that what that said to me was that um, she was not in well enough with Coach and Albert to know which way they were voting when they went into tribal council because mm-hmm. if she thinks it's still an option that Albert and Coach are going to vote for Rick and this plan will work, then, uh, then she votes for him. But if Coach and Albert have been on the fence at any point and said, we're not sure what we're doing... Well, then you have to to vote for Cochrane mm-hmm. to, to give yourself some semblance of a chance in the following week. So I think it was a poor strategic move um, for her to do it. Mm-hmm. But um, again, she's not been the most strategic player up to this point.
1: So you don't think there's any way she can win in the finals?
3: Well, let me put it this way. <laughs> uh, unless somehow she's sitting beside... Um, Johnny Fairplay and Sue Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any chance she could win if she makes it to the final. I mean, I, in my very first recap of the season, uh, I made a joke that, you know, I try not to read the advance um, bios. I try not to watch the advance videos because I like to go into the premiere blind mm-hmm. and, and then make a prediction and then, and then catch up on my reading. But the fact that Edna was an anesthesiologist just makes me, it, it bore the obvious joke. I, I really it. hope she has some personality because I don't want her to put us to sleep this season. And unfortunately, she did put us to sleep all season. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think in that scenario, Sue Hawk would win.
3: I think so, too. But, so I mean, <laughs> I mean you, there's also the chance of her losing her mind at uh, the final table council <laughs> again and giving some sort of crazy speech.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, let's talk about another person who's been uh, very vibrant, and we've seen tons of him. Over the this past season, and of course, I'm referring to Rick. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, who? Yeah, that's my first question. Who is this Rick person? Has he no. been on the show the whole time?
3: <laughs> Ser- seriously, who are we talking about? I've never heard of him. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, I, I mean we thought Purple Kelly got a bad edit a couple years ago, but this is painful. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean he's been there. I mean he's gone from rancher to. I mean, there was a scene where he's wearing a cowboy hat and, like, surfer board shirts. It was just very awkward. And then the only thing he said this week was something about Albert being called Prince Albert, which was so unbelievably awkward, I don't even want to get into it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a very poor edit.
0: Yeah. Um, Any theories on to why they're not showing him a lot?
3: I never understand why they don't show anyone. I, I guess I'd love to have a reason for it, but especially you know, quite often you get somebody that goes far, that doesn't have a lot of personality, that shouldn't make it that far. You know, you had Brett a well, while, a few seasons ago, you had Dan a few seasons ago, people that just get far, but at least they have a little bit of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to know a little more about Rick, but um, I'd like to know where he stands. You know what I mean? I'd like to know if this, if how he thinks about the rest of the Apollo tribe, and if there's a chance that uh, he could have he flipped back and forth, but I don't know why, but the CBS editors, a lot of what they 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 do and don't do confuses me, so I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah, I think he just probably doesn't give as good confessionals. He's not as witty or doesn't have that that good camera stealing personality. So I think they then go back to their go to people of Cochran, of Brett, Brandon, of Coach, and people like that, and and they don't really want to show like it's not nearly as entertaining to watch Rick just. Tell everything with a straight face and very monotone. <laughs> yeah, well,
3: I mean, even without the conventionals, you can still learn a little bit more about him at camp, and, yeah. and we don't even we don't even see that. So um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if there's been some sort of maybe annoyed a cameraman while he was there, but uh, <laughs> it seems like nobody really wants to offer anymore uh, on Rick.
0: Yeah, apparently you see a mustache fly across the screen.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, after the last month of. Uh, I just shaved a mustache off yesterday that I had for the first time in my life, so I've had enough mustache lately.
0: <laughs> All right, so do you think Rick at this point is guaranteed to be in the finals?
3: Um, I don't think so. I don't think he's guaranteed. Um, I think it's a possibility, but I don't think anyone's really saying, I'm going to take Rick because uh, I can beat him. Uh, I don't think anyone's actually considering taking him. May- maybe, Coach, but uh, I don't think he's guaranteed. At all,
0: okay, so do you think do you think he has a chance of winning if he's good in the final three? I don't. Okay.
3: I don't think he has a chance, and I don't think Edna has a chance. But that brings up a good point, which I read I can't take credit for this point. I just read it today. Somebody suggested this. You know, I, I think we talked the last time I was on how I can't stand the concept of a final three.
2: Mm-hmm. That,
3: that I much prefer the final two, and we should go back to it. And and Jeff Probst has indicated that we probably will never go back to it, um, which is unfortunate. But how many times have we seen the argument now, I'm just going to take a weak player, I'm just going to take a weak player, I'm just going to take a weak player. And we saw it sometimes when it was with two, but we're seeing it more so with three. I want, if Edna or Rick, to get to the final, to absolutely say, listen, it's ridiculous that I got taken here because I did nothing. Mm -hmm. I did absolutely nothing. And you know what you should do for future seasons of Survivor? Give me the money. Give me the money to ensure that no one can ever use the strategy of bring a weak player to the final because they'll never win. Show them that it's the worst thing to do and you need to play a better game. I doubt it'll happen, but how great would it be if it did
0: That would be epic. (laughs)
3: Like I say, I can't take credit for it. I saw someone post it on a message board, but I thought, what a fantastic idea.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, um, let's talk about Sophie. Um, do you like Sophie? Do you think she um, is playing the best game right now?
3: I did like. I do like Sophie. Um, it took me some time because I didn't really know much about her. Again, we didn't learn much about her. Uh, but then you started to realize that she was smart and she was intelligent and strategic. Um, mm-hmm. Last night, I thought she was a little catty. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. I wasn't
3: a big fan of how she reacted to Cochrane's idea and uh, and. I'm, I'm sure part of that was just uh, the, the false drama that we needed to build up to make us think that Cochrane wasn't going home last night. But overall, I do like her.
1: Um, what do you think of her being cocky at tribal council?
3: I, I think it was uh, unnecessary. I think she was cocky at camp, too. Um, so it seemed a little odd. It seemed a little out of place. I hadn't seen her that way before. I mean, she's playing a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got really catty with, with um Cochrane talking about how he deserved to be there and she said, well, it was a stupid move, he didn't need to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fair point, he didn't need to do it, and maybe who still would have beaten Savai, but Cochrane just made it really easy for you to do that. So, I think the better way to handle it would have been, yeah, I know what he's trying to do, but I just don't agree, and I'm trying to win the million dollars, so I really yeah. think I'm going to mm-hmm. vote him out. It just seemed odd. It was unlike her, so I don't know if she was told to be a little more aggressive in her wording, or maybe that's the way she's felt
0: all along and we just haven't seen it up to this point. Yeah, it's definitely... And she was even a little snippy with Jeff Probst. She's like, now, what do you think of this new insight? Have you learned anything new? And she's just like, "No." Nope. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was just, that was just you know, a little bit of a I'm going to stomp my feet and stand my ground. That's all that was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think she was just kind of rude throughout the whole episode. And I, um, I don't know, I didn't seem to like her this very much in this episode, but... I do realize that she um, is very strategic and she um, knows how to think about the game. And so, I don't know, she's a very interesting person.
3: Yeah, I think she's interesting. And don't forget, she knows, she speaks fluent Russian. We learned (laughs) that early in the season. I don't know why. I thought it would be relevant later, like people were going to be speaking in Russian code in the jungle, (laughs) but... I mean, when you tell us things like that, I assume they're going to come back. But uh, unless there's some Russian theme in the last couple of episodes, yes, we get it. Sophie's very smart.
0: Yeah, I think for for me, I think the reason why they showed that is just that they were beginning to show Coach was starting to get ins with the rest of his tribe. Because yeah. they showed him right at the beginning, everyone sort of ostracized him except Edna. And now with that scene, they're showing, oh, look, he's relating to the other people. He's starting to change that perception. But it would be awesome if they just started break out speaking in Russian <laughs> one of these episodes. <laughs> That'd be
1: fantastic. All right. So, who do you think that uh, that Sophie would take with her to the end?
3: Who do I think she would take? Who do I think she should take? Because I think who she would take would be um, Albert
2: mm-hmm. and Edna.
3: But I think she should take Edna and Rick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, and possibly even Brandon, I mean, if she takes coach or Albert, I don't think she'll win. Um, I think mm-hmm. she would lose to either of them coach handily, Albert possibly. And only because Albert made the effort to foster some relationships with people on the tribe, when it came to, uh, Albert versus Sophie, say, if say Albert, Sophie and, and Edna are sitting on the final tribal council, um, Albert can make a, a good argument. Well, you know, I, at least I've made an effort to get to know you guys. I mean, maybe that's going to get him a few votes. You've got to remember, there's nine people in the jury this time, not seven. So, mm-hmm. well, you don't have to have five to win because there's three. So uh, four is probably going to do it.
0: Yeah, uh, something very interesting. Jeff Probst was uh, answering a question. I think Dalton Ross asked him a question. He, he said that there was no chance in hell that Albert was going to win.
3: Well, I don't agree with that, but um, Jeff's also seen who's on the final Tribal Council, so uh, I guess I really can't argue with him at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, I, he could either be the, doing the classic thing of trying to dissuade people and trying to yeah. throw them off a different path, or he honestly thinks like maybe, maybe on the island, he's actually it's being so obvious that he's trying to get jury votes that people find it sort of distasteful. Yeah. Well,
3: maybe. Maybe, but um, I don't. I haven't seen anything that would rule out Albert from winning from winning the season. No,
0: yeah, definitely. I was very surprised at, by that comment. I think he has just as good a shot as probably Coach or, or Sophie at this point. Yep,
1: yep. Um, so do you think that Sophie was right in wanting Cochran out?
0: Absolutely
3: not. I think she needed Cochran for her game because... Okay,
2: let me lay it up this way. Look, let, let's consider that Coach and Brandon
3: and Rick are, are tight. They're, they're a threesome. They they are the three that are unbreakable
2: mm-hmm. at this point.
3: Okay? Let's call Albert and Sophie a self-aligned. Is that fair? Yeah. I would think so. If Albert and – now with seven left, okay? If Albert and Sophie can align with Cochran and then go to Edna, who knows she's sixth, and say, Edna, you've got to come with us. Sophie, Albert, Cochran, and Edna are now four votes, and they can pick off one of Coach, Brandon, and Rick. Knowing there's an idol in play, they can still do something. That was the move that Sophie needed to make. It's the same move that Albert needed to make. It's the same move that Edna needed to make. What they all didn't realize is that they needed Cochran to make the move, so getting rid of him was not good. Yeah, uh, I mean, right there is where the swing could have happened, and it was a no-brainer. It was an absolute no-brainer, but... So if he was in the mood that we saw, to stomp her feet and say, no, I don't want Cochran, it's time for you to go. And that was very short-sighted.
0: Well, let's talk about Albert. Then we've already been mentioning him a little bit. Uh, First off, is Albert a prince?
3: I don't believe he's a prince unless princes wear impeccably clean blue sweaters. Have you noticed (laughs) the blue sweater? Yeah. (laughs) Have you noticed that he never wears it anywhere but tribal council?
0: (laughs) That's his formal wear.
3: I don't know if he's got a closet or if he's got a dry cleaning bag, but that thing is the cleanest thing I've ever seen after 20-something days. No, I I don't believe he's a prince, but uh, um, I think he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, I ranted in one of my uh, posts about the fact that he's billed as a dating slash baseball coach because I don't know what those things have to do with each other. But uh, I think is a pretty decent guy.
0: Yeah. Do you think he's been too eager and antsy to make a move? Or do you think the problem is that everyone else isn't eager enough to make a move?
3: Uh, I think it's a bit of both. I don't think he's been too eager. I think he wants to do it, but he knows he can't be too aggressive because if if he meets with resistance, then that's just going to put a target on him. So I think he had a good balance of trying to feel out whether the move would work Mm -hmm. and backing off when he saw that it wouldn't. I mean, he was putting feelers out, but he wasn't. You know, throwing all his eggs in one basket, to use a a cliché. And I give him credit because he seems to be the one person in the Supola tribe that's unwilling to just bow down to coach and say, yes, you are going to win the million dollars. I sure hope I win second place.
0: Yeah. Which brings me to the next question of, do you think Albert can find a way to vote out coach? Do you think he'll be able to find somehow to to top him?
3: Um, He might. But like the the scenario I just laid out, I think he missed that opportunity. So hopefully um, something happens this week uh, and Edna sticks around because I think Albert needs Edna to vote out coach is is the short short answer there. I think Edna still needs to be around when there's five left and then uh, they need to find three people that are willing to get rid of coach at that point. So there's a possibility he might find a way, but the math might not allow it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, my next question was, what does Albert have to do to make it the end and win? Obviously, his next decision is get off coach. Get
3: rid of coach. That's it. That's that's the simple answer to that question. If you get rid of coach, you can win. You might not, but uh, if you don't get rid of coach, you will not win. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, if he he makes a big move, votes out coach, everyone in the jury is going to see that, and then all he has to do is make sure that the rest of them don't turn on him. And I think he may have it made in the final three.
3: Yeah, but again, like I was saying, that opportunity just passed. I mean, there are times when you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a baseball coach. He knows about hitting on the sweet spot. And I mean, last week for him, with seven people left, that was the sweet spot. That was the home run swing. I mean, he could swing now, and he might get a single, and he might get a double. But that was the home run swing. If he were, to, if he were to take it last week.
0: What do you think of Albert's decision to give up his reward?
3: Uh, I think it was politically smart. I think it was um, he didn't need the massage. I mean, he's got a sweater, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, maybe it was because he believed the Cochrane birthday lie. Maybe he was trying to get a jury vote. Maybe he was just being a nice guy. Maybe he didn't want a massage. I don't know. Uh, I didn't see any downside to it. Um, it seemed selfless, whether it was or wasn't. And uh, I, think, uh, I think all upside, no downside.
0: Uh, see to me, I think it's definitely a a smart move. It's always good to give up rewards to other people. I just thought the way he did it, it seemed like it was so intentional. He was trying to sort of get jury votes and, and pull at people. Just the way he's like, "All right, now someone, the next reward this for food. Be sure to take me, guys. Come on, guys. That, well, that sort was, of thing." That was the
3: funny thing about it is that he said, "You know, give me some, give give me food if you win the next one." But now. He wasn't saying it to guys. I felt like he was saying it just to the person he was giving it to, right? Yeah. So why then would you give the reward to the person you're going to vote out?
0: Exactly.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Because... There's no chance that person's going to win a food reward because he's not going to be
2: around to compete.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my other big problem with it. I would not have chose Cochran to to take my place. I would have chose someone else who I want to gain more favor with, who has more long term potential. <laughs>
3: I, I had to laugh at last night's episode because Coach and Cochran were doing their Tai Chi, their Coach Chi, on the beach and saying, you know, how this was going to center them and empower them and. One of them was definitely going to win immunity, and then they completely sucked, and neither of them even made it to the second stage of the challenge, right? And yeah. then somehow they both ended up with the reward, which seems so confusing
0: to me. Yeah, yeah. my nickname for them is Double Dragon Slayers. I like it.
1: <laughs> well, let's try not focus to Brandon for a little bit. Well, do you where think, do we start? <laughs> do you think he's been playing the game at
2: all?
3: Absolutely not. (laughs) I think he's an absolutely terrible player and an incredible incredible loose cannon and a complete nut Yeah. Uh, I don't suppose I could put it any more concretely than that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's had no strategic decision at all (laughs) this entire game.
3: (laughs) It's like somebody said, Brandon, go on this game and whatever you do, don't keep a secret. Don't try to... (laughs) do anything strategic, just be emotional and say anything you ever think, even if it sounds crazy.
1: <laughs> um, speaking of being emotional, has he cried more often than Sugar yet?
3: I don't think anyone was ever going to cry more than Sugar, but <laughs> of course he has, yeah, it's, I think so. Yeah, I, think, uh, I think if you put him and Sugar in a room, you, you'd have enough salt there to, to feed a horse farm. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Rob's sister Nino last night on Twitter made a comment. He said, "You can time your watch at eight fifty every every Wednesday that Albert's gonna be crying at Tribal Council." To
3: be fair, I mean, I I saw Rob said that too, and I do give Brandon credit for one thing. Before he cries, he always does raise his hand before he cries.
2: <laughs> it's, very, it's very polite of
0: him. I'm sure edited out is Jeff's like, "It's not time yet. Just wait a couple more minutes, Brandon." Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so we know that Brandon is Russell's nephew. Um, let's compare whoa, 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 and contrast whoa, whoa, really? them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I just started catching on to this. Um, I hadn't heard that at any point. <laughs> yeah, well, well, now you know. Um. Do, <laughs> uh, how similar or different do you think they are?
3: Well, I mean, I think Russell was a great player. I think Brandon is a horrible player. <laughs> I thought Russell was, um... Heartless, ruthless, and and strategic in the scope of the game um, and had zero social game whatsoever. I think Brandon is over-emotional, possibly insane, (laughs) and non-strategic, but also zero social (laughs) game. So in terms of their characteristics, they couldn't be more opposite.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, But the two things they have in common is they just have no idea how to play the social game, and neither of them have any capability – of keeping a secret or keeping their mouth shut. <laughs> like Russell just had to obsessively tell everybody whenever he found an idol or just make up lies for absolutely no reason
0: Yeah,
3: um, or burn socks. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, and then Brandon did the same thing. He tells everybody what he's going to do. And then like literally 15 seconds later, he changes his mind. <laughs> like he, he, I'm not going to lie. And then all of a sudden he's just lying for no reason. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I didn't get
3: any of it, but uh, he's been a very confusing individual. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, co- comparatively, yeah. There's a couple of similarities, but uh, they couldn't be more opposite in terms of, um, in terms of their actual characteristics.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's the perfect person to go to the end with?
3: I, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> if, you the, if you take him to the end, you're gonna. Uh, I mean, imagine time travel council. Though I mean, it's going to be all tears <laughs> and gibberish. Like you can't understand what he's going to say. It's going to be like Stacy's talking again.
1: <laughs> Is there a chance in hell that he can actually win?
3: No chance. <laughs> no, none. we've We've talked about we've talked about uh, all seven players or, or um, six players so far, and three times said Is there a chance they could win? And three of them we've said no, no, they can't. And and I think we probably agree. Edna, Rick, and Brandon cannot win this game. So the winner's probably going to be Coach Sophie Albert or whoever comes back from Redemption Island. Mm-hmm. So you can, I mean, half the drama is gone. Like, get rid of the dead weight and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if if the fi- if the final three is Edna, Rick, and Brandon, who wins?
3: Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the jury walks out. <laughs> no. Actually, no. That, that's a good question. Uh. It, Wow,
0: That would be the worst final three ever. <laughs> it really would be the worst final three ever. Wow, that's that's interesting
3: though. Let's talk about that. Let's see, it was the three of us, who do we think would win? Because I think at that point, as, as funny as this is going to sound, I would have to pick Edna. What do you guys
0: think? I would think it all depends on how those three ended up happening. Whichever one has the brains enough to vote out the other people. And at this point, it would have to be Edna, right? Like, I can't see yeah. either of the other two doing that. <laughs>
3: well, i got to think at, tra- at the final tribal council, whoever would mess up the most would, would, us, would, would annoy the rest of the jury and say, I'm not voting for you. And that would obviously be Brandon. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. I would think... Whoever screws up the least and says the least would win, which would make you think probably Rick, because he probably won't say anything. (laughs) But anyway, let's as fun as this is, let's let's pray to God that doesn't
0: happen. If that was the final three, I really think the editors would have tried to do something to make us at least show these people or have us like them more. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think that's you think you can assume Rick's not going to be there. one thing I'm going to, I want to add that I just saw about two hours ago. Did you see the, um, the promotional blurb for next week's episode? No, I didn't. It says a castaways relative crosses the line and may ruin their chances at the million. The episode's Mm -hmm. called ticking time bomb. A relative crosses the line during the emotional family reunion and an unlikely secret alliance threatens the pecking order. Uh, I'm going to be absolutely furious if it's Russell, but I'm not optimistic <laughs> that it won't be him. I'm positive it's going to be.
0: Oh, definitely. If uh, How stupid is Brandon to have Russell as his loved one?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just another way to get him on the show if you can't morph him into a walking segment or talk about him at every opportunity. Frustrating
0: yeah well, I mean, but he's he's gone to the point of trying to say how he's nothing like him and he's trying to redeem him. so you bring him back on as your loved one. yeah <laughs>
3: it'll it'll be disappointing if it's actually him. yeah yeah,
0: all right, let's move on to coach then. Uh, this is obviously his third time playing, and he's played a very uh a lot of people think a lot smarter game, both socially and strategically. Do you think this is the same coach we're just being edited and showing this part? Or do you think this is a new coach and he's like, this is a complete 180 for him?
3: I think it's a completely new coach. And I think he's learned the same way that Rob learned last time. Mm -hmm. What he did in the past is not good enough to win the game of Survivor. Uh, It's the lesson that Ozzy hasn't learned. Ozzy came back and just wanted to be Ozzy. Russell came back and just wanted to be Russell. And the same thing happens in All-Star season. Very first episode, I scoffed at a comment he made. I absolutely – and keep in mind, I love Coach. I think Coach is great TV. I think he's, he's a bit crazy too, but I think he's great TV. I, I made, In my very first recap of the season, I made fun of him for making the following comment. I wrote this down here, and I knew I'd want to bring it up to me. He said, I'm, for this season, this time, I'm trying to control my sense of self-righteousness and judgment on the others. And I scoffed. I said, this man is incapable of not judging others and controlling his self-righteousness. But you know what? He has. He absolutely has. He's kept his ego in check. Now, there's been times where you see that same old crazy coach and, um, you know, Michaela takes too much sugar and and he he freaks out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or he says, you know, anyone who goes against the five is going to be met with swift death. You know, that's the same coach, you know, and you understand that he still has a little panic button that can get there, but he's kept it in check really well. So I think it's a new coach, although some of the old coach seeps through not enough to affect the game so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, like, very much improved his game. I think he's almost modeled it after Boston Robs. at some point. Oh, of course he has. Yeah, of course he has. <laughs> um, do you think he's made any mistakes in the game so far?
3: Uh, I don't actually. I think he's played a virtually flawless game.
0: So at at this level, if we're sort of comparing and contrasting Boston Rob, would you say that they're they're almost playing this, the same at par game, or do you think one is higher than the other? What's what's the difference between Boston Rob and Coach?
3: I think they're using the same model, uh, but I think what's different about them. Is the coach still, when um, he's talking strategy and when he's talking what's best for the tribe or what's best for the group or what's best for the alliance? He still comes across as a bit of a dictator or as a cult leader, as we saw last night, which I had made a comment about before, and we saw it a little more uh, in the forefront last night. Rob, on um, while he did the same thing, he made you think you were all making the decision together. He made you think you're his friend, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why. At the end, Grant was so upset when he watched it on TV. But mm. where Coach would make a comment like, if you go against the five, it's swift and sudden death. Rob would just make a comment like, okay, everybody, we're going to have a buddy system. And essentially <laughs> what he's doing is making everybody spy on each other and report back to him. But he's been saying it in a fun way that we're all going to be pals. You know, everybody hold hands across the street. <laughs> yeah. so, but that's the difference is that Rob made you believe where coach doesn't make the effort to make you believe. Um, he's still doing a great job of what he's doing. Rob just does it better.
0: Yeah. Here's, here's my big thing of where I think the biggest difference between Boston Rob and coach is. Coach still has this, I think, moral dilemma of how can I play with honor and integrity and keep my alliances loyal and everything like that, whereas Boston Rob could give a flying flip about any of that.
3: Of course, nor, and he shouldn't give a flying flip. Yeah. Both. Oh, that's, exactly. That, that's not the game. If if you're if you're doing a team building session or you're actually coaching a team, then yeah, that stuff matters. But in the in the parameters of Survivor, it doesn't at all. Yeah. And, and we've seen that people don't win that way.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I they think don't. that's ultimately going to be Coach's downfall. I think I think he needed to get rid of Albert. I think if it was Boston Rob, as soon as he saw Albert was trying to switch it up and turn tables on him, Albert would have been out like that. Yeah, and he would yeah, have kept the loyal Cochran, who is transfixed on him. But we see here, uh, Coach is so concerned about keeping this honor and integrity of keeping his alliances intact that he wouldn't go against Rick or Albert or anyone.
3: But that's also partially due to what we talked about with Albert before, where Albert didn't go full throttle on that yeah Albert toned it down a bit and didn't and and didn't tip his hand too much, but I see what you're saying, and i agree um coach coach had that dilemma last night that was his fork in the road. Do I stick with the five I promised, or do I make the smarter game decision and i mean if he if he flipped last night, he loses three sure three jury votes, and I think that's why he didn't do it, not because of honor and integrity,
0: yeah. But it's easy to go behind that excuse. Yeah,
3: I mean, of course. I mean, coaching is is delusional. And coach, you know, my favorite thing about coach is that coach answers, asks and answers questions to himself all the time.
2: (laughs) You know, am I happy
3: that I did this? Of course I am. You can in the next episode, count how many times, in confessionals and in camp and especially in travel council. He asks himself a question and then answers (laughs) it. And I'll tell you, I mean, I mentioned this last year, but the most fun I could imagine his coach and Philip on the Amazing Race. Could you imagine
0: how much fun that would be? <laughs> That'd be great. That that would be very good. Or 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 Cochran and anyone on the Amazing Race.
3: I think Cochran and, and Elise because he's so, he's so intimidated by her. He just tell awkward stories all the time.
0: How many times would Cochran fall down <laughs> in the Amazing Race? Or even
3: better, how about this? How about Brandon and Sugar? <laughs> wow!
0: I think I think they would have to be, be the first team to be evacuated from the Amazing Race because of mental breakdown
3: that's what we should do for a podcast sometime you guys, is come up with survivor people only we'll come up with 10 different teams and we lay out the whole season on how it happened that would be
0: awesome we <laughs> yes. will have to do this maybe over the hiatus between seasons we can find a time to to have a special podcast for this
3: do it over the hiatus, fantasy, survivor, slash, amazing, Race. <laughs>
0: this would be awesome. <laughs> um, so who out of the remaining people has the potential to beat Coach? Obviously, we eliminated three of them. <laughs>
3: um, honestly, I think the only ones that can beat Coach would be Ozzy or Cochran. And I still believe Cochran could beat Coach in the final vote because I think um, – if he's not telling stories about what he's doing in his pants <laughs> with prank phone calls, he could be eloquent enough to sway the jury to understand the logic behind his decisions, um, as bitter as some of them may be. Uh, I think he could, <clears throat> and I think Ozzy could. Yeah. But other than that, anyone who's still sitting there now, uh, I do not think can be, can be coached.
1: So let's focus on Ozzy a little bit. Um, do you? What do you think of his move to vote himself off?
3: Uh, well, I thought it was perhaps the stupidest thing I've ever seen on Survivor, and that includes Eric giving away his his, um, his immunity idol and immediately getting voted out. I mean that. I think Ozzy's move was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and here's why. Because it was all based on assumptions. Three things had to fall perfectly in place for it to even be considered to be a smart move. The three things that had to fall in place were A, he had to beat Christine in a duel. Mm -hmm. B, he had to... The winner of that duel would have to be allowed back in the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And C, the merge was going to happen. Now, sure, all three of those things happened. But all three of those things had to happen for this to be considered even remotely uh, a decent move. The thing that made it an even worse move was that they did it because they assumed that... If Christine got back in the game, they were screwed. They didn't understand that Christine coming back in the game was the best thing in the world for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Because if, if they can just get someone from Upolu over there and Christine beats them, Christine's definitely going to align with them. They've all seen how she reacts to her former tribe uh, mm-hmm. at the duels. I mean, she was not impressed with Coach, nor was she impressed with anybody. I mean, she was definitely going to align with Savai. So I didn't understand it in any way. I thought it was a terrible decision. Um, I think it was a way for Ozzy. I I mean, I said at the beginning, I thought it might even be smarter for Ozzy, who's poor at the social game, to just go to Redemption Island right away and take his chances (laughs) one-on-one. But that doesn't make for great TV unless you want to see him fish all the time.
1: I think it really would have changed the game so much if they had voted out Cochran instead of Ozzy, and then Christine beat him in the duel, and she got back in the game, you know, it, like the whole game would be really different then.
3: Yeah, but then they break even. They're still six six. That's the thing, right? Cochran's gone. Christine's in. Christine's with Savai. And they're still six six. So maybe right. we draw rocks. Maybe we don't. Maybe someone else slips. But you're right. It would be different just don't know how it would have been different. Yeah.
1: So, um, why do they keep showing us scenes of Ozzy after the duel? Well,
3: Ozzy uh, and Coach were your focal point to the season, right? So you want to get as much screen time as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year, with, with Rob and Russell being the, the focal points and the advertising uh, the images that everybody saw, they were lucky that Rob made it to the end, but Russell got voted out early, which is, I guess, why right? we're getting so much Russell this season. Um, <laughs> But... I mean, if Ozzy and Coach are your focal points, and you're showing, you're showing HD. I mean, you got to show Ozzy somewhere. So I think they're just getting their money's
2: worth. It.
0: Yeah, Uh, it just annoys me so much that, okay, you won the duel, let's get back to the game on the actual Survivor Island and see what's going on. Oh, we're just going to see Ozzy once again catching fish and saying how he's going to kick butt on on Redemption Island. Yeah, we get it. We understand he's very good at fishing. It's
3: very clear to us that you can fish, but the amount of time they waste showing Ozzy fishing and showing the nature shots and showing, like I hate at Redemption Island when I mean it used to be you're out boom torch snuffed get get the heck out of here that was it take your walk of shame into the blue light and that's all there is to it now it's like tell us about your journey not burn your buff don't let the door hit you on the way out I don't want the speeches you know I want the show I, I don't there's too much filler now
1: um, do you think that Ozzy has improved at all from his last two seasons
3: oh no way <laughs> <laughs> I think he's worse I think he's regressed yeah. I think he started off, you know, um, a pretty decent player and was obviously the best player in his first season. And then when he came back, he was lazy. And this time, he's even lazier. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty much a beach bum that wants to fish. That's all it is. I mean, I think he's playing a terrible game.
0: In the words of Cochran, middle-aged, lazy-ass. <laughs> That's exactly
3: what he is. That's exactly what he is.
1: What do you think he could have done to have his chive on the top? Uh, well, I think
3: he could have not ostracized Cochrane. And I think that's the prevailing wisdom, what he should have done. But I go back even further than that. I think um, the big thing that he should have done to keep Savai strong was not um, get attached to the women on his tribe. I mean, he pretty much go, he, he got a crush on Semhar. Remember yeah. her? Does anyone remember Semhar? Really? Had a crazy big afro.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> but Razi had a crush on her like in about a, a second, you know? <laughs> And then she got voted out, and then he gravitated towards Elise, and then they were Hannock buddies. And I think what he should have done is distance himself from Elise, because when you when you make that male female couple, when you make that pair, um, it creates a target. And what that did is it led to Jim um, wanting to break that break that team up. So yeah. I think if he and Elise don't get so buddy buddy cuddle time, then. Jim doesn't want to start the charge to vote lease out. And at that point, they vote out Cochrane and the tribe stays stronger. So I think um, the real point, if you're asking what Ozzy could have done, was not create such a visible pair
2: with Elise.
0: Well, we have some other uh, random questions for you about this season. Uh, let's first talk about coconuts, or as I like to call them, the tiles of Samoa.
3: Oh, my God you remember all those tiles? It was unbelievable. <laughs> the sale on tiles from two seasons straight. When they filmed those seasons, two in a row. And the very first season, when I saw that bunch of coconuts, I said, we're going to see coconuts all season long. Sometimes we've seen coconuts in two different ways in the same challenge. <laughs> I, I mean, it's themes, right? I, I don't know why they do it. Like, I mean, I understand if you have a theme, you're going to do a lot of endurance challenges. You're going to do a lot of balance challenges. But we we went through two or three seasons where every challenge – and with Jeff saying, then you'll cut a rope and you'll raise a flag every single time. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then in Samoa, it was got to break a tile, break a tile, and then break a tile which breaks another tile, and tiles break on top of other tiles, <laughs> you know? And now this time, it's just coconuts everywhere. I don't understand it, but, but I mean, it's, it's driving me nuts.
0: Coconuts are pretty cheap. They're uh, natural resources. <laughs> they
3: are, but, I mean, they're wasting a lot of food, right, between and rice all over the place and just making coconuts explode everywhere. I
0: wonder, I wonder if, like, the, the, the people, the castaways will just start carrying the coconuts back with them after the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so I, can,
3: I mean, for the time, teams that were so hungry, did you not think they wanted to pick up all that rice? Remember when they were trying the rice on their head over the teeter-totter? It must have been weeks where the rice just dumped on the ground.
0: Yeah, I don't think some of them were actually participating. They were just putting it in their pockets. Yeah. (laughs) So, what do you think of the editing this season and how it compares to previous seasons?
3: I've been pretty vocal on how disappointed I am with the editing. And I don't know if you guys have noticed the same thing that I've seen, but... I mean, do you remember the old days of Survivor when the previously on Survivor segment would just tell you previously what happened? Yeah. Like, the, the <laughs> points, just the points, and now they just assume that everybody who watches the show is an idiot, and they have to remind you what you need to know for this episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, if you have half a brain, you can figure out what's going to happen in the episode before you even see the opening credits. Yeah. And I'm getting very frustrated with the fact I even in my, in my recaps, I... I know you guys have seen it, have instituted a survivor foreshadowing moment of the week where, <laughs> I mean, it's just, okay, here it is. There was one a few weeks ago when, remember Christine? Uh, it was right, I think it was the second episode. Christine and Coach right at the beginning. Like, okay, well, Travel Council is going to come down to Christine versus Coach. Why do we have to watch the whole episode? And sure enough, it did. Um, I, I think the foreshadowing is way over the top. I think it's it's very difficult to deal with. I thought that the recap show was. was, was Decent, but it was painful to watch because it was all Coach and Cochran, which made me think, well, Coach is going to get to the end, and we're going to see a fair bit more of Cochran. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm disappointed to answer your question. I'm disappointed with the editing, and I hope hope they can go back to it because it's not. I mean, yeah. I mean, watch the is not like watching Lost. There's not a lot of analysis. <laughs> I mean, I read a recap, but I mean, I don't really have to. You know, it's not heavy analysis. I right? just pretty much watch it with a sarcastic point, point of view and write about it. That's that's pretty much what I do, and it's fun, and people enjoy it.
0: Yeah, we so, really um, appreciate it, Sean. Don't stop.
3: Yeah, well, thank you. I'm glad, I mean, that the numbers uh, of readers each season have been steadily going up, and I'm, I'm really happy that uh, so many people have found it and are enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's becoming... I would say this season was actually, especially at the beginning, it's been harder to tell who's actually going to win this season um, or who's getting a winner's edit, but definitely every episode it's been very easy to figure out who's going to get out.
3: Well, I mean, I understand um, in any show, whether it's a drama, whether it's a comedy, whether it's a reality show, whether it's a hockey game, there's a story to tell. Um, And in that episode, there's a story to tell. And I understand that you want people to understand it, but it's almost like being spoon-fed. It's like, here, remember, coach, somebody told Edna this before. They're going to tell her again. Don't forget that. <laughs> I just feel like they're, they're dumbing it down and, and speaking
2: down to the viewers.
0: Yeah. So we've now seen this is the second season where returning players have come to the game, and they do really well, and they just obviously have an advantage over the rest of the the newbies or the new people who haven't played before. What are your thoughts on returning players coming in with new people?
3: I can't stand it. I couldn't stand it from the get go. I still can't stand it. And keep in mind, I, I love Boston Rob. He's one of my favorite players of all time. He well, he deserved to win last season. But I mean, it, it's you're right. It's an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that, that the player Russell three times, Rob four times, Coach and, and Ozzy three times each. Hey, we're talking about four players who've played 13 times. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. enough of them. And then start developing new players. Start developing new characters. You know what? Cochran's a fun character. Yep. Like him or hate him, win or lose. You know what? Nobody knew Oz the first time. Nobody knew Coach the first time, but people talked about Coach the first time the same way we talk about Cochrane. Yep. So you're generating discussion. Make those new characters. I don't like the returning players. I don't have a problem if they do an all star season. But I don't like throwing two new characters on or two two returning players with a bunch of new people. And I, I firmly believe stop with the recruiting and make sure only applicants are on there because they're just film the show with so many idiots that don't <laughs> know how to play the game. It's driving me insane.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I don't like the way they've been doing these a few returning players recently. It's just it it's not very interesting. I like new people coming in.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, I mean, if you've been watching Survivor for 23 seasons, you know, you're used to new people, right? Survivor's yeah. fun with new people. Yeah. Some of them are forgettable. I mean, for every Cochran, you're going to have a dreams.
2: You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What do you think of of Jeff and his sort of commentary this this season or at, this time on Survivor? <laughs>
3: I've, I've been pretty vocal about it. I think, I mean, I like Jeff a lot blue shirts and all super, super dimples and all Jeff's great best host on television. But I think he's overstepping his bounds the last couple of seasons. And it's one thing to say, to call what you're seeing in a challenge, but it's another thing to say things like Cochran's really screwing up here. You know, I think when you put, when you plant the seeds in the minds of the others that are competing, then you're affecting the game. And it's not Jeff's place to affect the game. It's Jeff's place to moderate what happens and host what happens and kind of be a traffic director as opposed to someone who's actually taking the ride with them. Um, <clears throat> even in, in a couple of tribal councils and last night, you know, it's not Jeff's place to say, hey, well, why don't you take the people who are 5th, 6th, and 7th, team up with them and vote against the top. I mean, it's not his place to say that sort of stuff. Um, so I think uh, adding strategy tips and, and extra commentary, I think it's... Um, outside the parameters of what should be allowed in the game.
0: Yeah. So uh, we've talked a lot about the remaining people, and most of them are upolu. What did you think of some of the Savali members, like Dawn and Whitney and Jim? What, what were your thoughts on them?
3: Uh, some are. I could care less for I thought her poetry was painful, and I thought she was um, a bit of a sociopath.
0: I agree. <laughs> uh,
3: Papa Bear, eh. It was forgettable, a little bit entertaining. I didn't really know that we needed the image of him running around the woods in his underwear. Um,
0: But he does have good advice for picking up women.
3: (laughs) He has horrible advice for picking up women. (laughs) It was was, was the worst advice I've ever seen. Um, I thought Keith was boring. Uh, I thought Whitney got a bad edit. Uh, She seemed like she could have had some character, but we never got to learn any of it. Uh, I'm sure Keith knows all about it. (laughs) Zing. I didn't like, uh, I didn't care for Elise. I didn't like her, dislike her. I really didn't like Jim to start. Then I started to warm up on him. And then when Cochran flipped and I saw how he reacted and I remembered why I didn't like him. So uh, big thumbs down on Jim. And I thought Dawn was great. I thought Dawn was fantastic. I thought she's likable. She's lovable. Mm -hmm. I think she should be back for an all-star season.
0: Uh, what about Jim being a poker player? Any thoughts Jim, on that?
3: Jim's not a poker player. Jim says he's a poker player, but, I mean, Jim says he's everything. Jim <laughs> says he's a medical marijuana dispenser. He's, well, I mean, sure, he can play poker, but he, he in one episode, he called himself a World Poker Tour champion, and he's not a World Poker Tour champion. Let me explain something to you. When... And, and forgive me if you're, if poker is completely disinteresting to you. <laughs> when, when the World Poker
2: Tour goes to uh, different areas, it's kind of like the PGA, right? It tours around. Yeah.
3: Okay? And in the PGA, they have their main event, and then they have their par 3 challenge, and they have their pro-am, and they have their mini putt thing. You know, they have all these little things that go in the week. The WPT is the same thing. They have their big one, and they have a medium-sized tournament. They have a small tournament. And they have a really small tournament. Well, you know what? Jim won a really small tournament. So that's like saying, I went to the Masters, and, and and if you went to the Masters, and you won the mini putt competition, and then you said you were the Masters champion. <laughs> that's essentially that's essentially Jim talking about being a World Poker Tour champion. I didn't I didn't like him at all. I mean, when he got mad at Cochran for flipping, remember, as we talked about earlier, it was his move with Elise that got the whole dominoes falling on Savai.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think? I have some, some Cochran quote, quotes I want to see if you agree with. Is, okay. is the Upolu tribe like the Manson family?
3: Uh, I think they are. I think they are. And, and, not a, and not as much of a violent way. But yes, in terms of their mindset and uh, blind faith, I do think they are.
0: Is talking strategy with Brandon like talking to Jeff Probst about shirts that are not blue?
3: I do believe it is, and I'm going to tell myself that that was a shout-out to my blog post when he said that. I want to believe that Cochran has been reading my blog and my three years of making fun of Jeff and his blue shirts, and that was a shout-out to me. I doubt it was, but I'm still going to tell myself that it was.
0: I I, I believe it.
1: I have just laughed out loud when Cochran... Um said that at Tribal Council. Like I was watching it online because I had missed it on TV and I just had to pause it and laugh for like a really long time before I went back to watching
0: it. It yeah, was good.
3: It was very entertaining. <laughs>
0: uh and finally this is a nice actually from Coach. Have you ever showered in Jasmine scented water? Have I? Yeah.
3: Well not yet, but <laughs> the week's not over yet. <laughs>
0: Do you think it was actually scented water or is it just the point that it's so good? <laughs> no,
3: I think it was just the fact that they were washing 28 yeah. days of stink off themselves.
0: And it smelled like heaven. I don't think I don't think Survivor's budget is that big. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. Well, that is a lot about this season and we have really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on on everything. Uh, Before you go, though, we'd love to do the Fave 10 with you. This is where we ask you 10 questions about your favorite things, see how fast we can go through them. Are you up for it? I'm up for it. All right, here we go. Question one, favorite survivor reward?
3: Favorite survivor reward. It will will always be without a doubt a single slice of pizza being flown in on a helicopter.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, shout out to Borneo. How, how elaborate those were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Favorite band or artist? Foo Fighters,
3: by far. Saw nice. them three times this summer on their latest tour.
0: Awesome. Favorite dumb move in Survivor?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I think Ozzy's move was stupider, Eric's move was uh, entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric's move was much more entertaining to watch because you just shake your head. Yeah. That's all the women were laughing at him.
0: And that that I love that episode because the only time they showed every single vote when they came up to vote before yeah. the votes were read, there is no there is no surprise or suspense when the votes were being read because they showed every single one of them. By the way, speaking
3: of votes, sorry, just to digress for a moment from our, our ten here, I have have you ever seen poorer spelling in the last two years? I have, How can we not? Have a spelling template in the voting tribunal that has everybody's name and the proper spelling of it.
0: D O N Don. Don. It's so
3: simple. Jim spelled Elisa. Did you see how Jim spelled Elisa's name? Uh,
0: so I don't remember that one. No. L Y S. Maybe it was a nickname, like Lease.
3: I mean, to be fair, Ralph could have spelled his own name wrong. But, but I mean, it's just, now I think it's just a joke.
1: But I think there should be a template there. Anyways, I'm sorry. Let's go on with the next question. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food?
2: Um,
3: well, you know, in, my mom never went with the, the turkey growing up. She always went with a nice prime rib roast. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say my mom's prime
0: rib roast. Nice. Favorite team on the Amazing Race this season?
3: This season, how do you how do you not love the snowboarders? Uh, yep. I like Andy, I like Andy and Tommy a lot. I really grew to like um, Bill and Kathy. Yeah, and I, I do like Jeremy and Sandy, um, but that's also because Jeremy's been tweeting out recaps, uh, links to my recap. But
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice. uh, I have to say, Andy and Tommy. I mean, they, they've been great and they've been really likable.
2: Yeah.
1: Favorite immunity idol or
0: necklace?
3: Uh, my favorite immunity idol was the fake one that Bob made.
0: Nice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that looked so real. <laughs>
3: it is not not the one that Jason thought was a real idol. It was
0: just a stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he he will never live that down. <laughs> that might
3: be one of my favorite scenes ever, with Eliza looking at him going, "It's just an effing stick."
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that would that was a dumber move than Eric. How can you believe that that's an actual idol? <laughs>
3: well, I mean, if you watch this video when she walks up and hands it, it's like, I know this isn't an idol.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on, Jason. All right. Uh, favorite survivor who has only played once.
3: Favorite survivor who has only played once. Uh, and at this point, I'm going to give it to Cockman.
0: Nice.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Favorite video or computer game?
3: Uh, my son and I have uh, a Wii, and we play the Lego games, and nice. I have to say that um, we've been playing Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, and it has been nice. so much fun for the these 10 years old. Um, it's, it's been my favorite Wii game that we play.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> favorite comedian?
3: There was a, a deceased comedian that, um, he died probably 10, 15 years ago, his name was Bill Hicks, and I always really, really enjoyed his comedy.
1: All right, and favorite episode this of this season?
3: Probably have to go back um, to... The, it was the um, the episode where uh, we went into tribal council and not knowing who was going to get voted out, and it ends up being Keith. The one the, the Cochran switched. Gotcha,
0: mm-hmm. yep. The one right after the merge seems to be the most memorable. I think last season, the one where Matt got voted out a second time was also my favorite.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so keeping in the history of someone coming back from Redemption Island and going right back to Redemption Island, just proving that it's a horrible twist and should never, ever be back.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Well, we greatly appreciate you coming back on the podcast and talking with us. We love to hear your insights. Do you quick want to plug your your blog so everyone can check it out?
3: I'd love to. Uh, The blog is called Sean's Random Thoughts. Uh, It's at sforfaro.blogspot.com and I believe you've got it. Uh, in your sidebar there on your site, as I have a a link to you online as well. So feel free to click there. Um, As you guys know, and I'll tell your readers, my recaps are always up within an hour of when the show ends. Uh, I write during the show, and and we get it up uh, pretty quick. and uh, So it's there for people on the night of the show to watch it. Um, You can also, uh, if you get to my blog, you can add me on Facebook, you can add me on Twitter. I've been tweeting out the recaps as well. And uh, many of the survivors have actually been uh, retweeting it and uh, really increasing the traffic on my site. So I want to give a special thanks to Michaela who tweets it out every week to all of her followers. Uh, And uh, Jim, Edna, uh, Whitney and Don have been tweeting it out as well. Jim, believe it or not, even with all the things I say about him, crazy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, come on and check it out. I recap uh, recap Survivor, I recap The Amazing Race and there's some other uh, random thoughts as well.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, I've been a big fan of your... uh of your blog now for a couple seasons and uh, I really greatly appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, your thoughts and insights with us.
3: Well, I appreciate you having me. It's always a lot of fun.
1: Thank you so much, Sean. I laugh out loud every time I read your blogs.
3: Thanks, guys. That's the biggest compliment you can give me. I I look forward to our uh, fantasy survivor amazing race in the summer. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, well, that was Sean Ferfaro. We really uh, enjoy talking to him. He always has some great, great thoughts about Survivor, and he's so funny and witty in his blog. So be sure to check it out. Uh, We do have a link in our sidebar on our website, uh, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. So be sure to to go and uh, read his thoughts after each episode.
1: All right, so um, coming soon on Survivor, Brandon is in deep trouble. I don't really know why, but he is. Um, You see Cochran showing up at Redemption Island, talking to Ozzy, you know, do I stand a chance? He's like, yeah, you stand a chance. And then in his confessional, he's like, "Um, no, he doesn't stand a chance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time to move on to the prediction game. Uh, Pretty sad day for David, as Nicole has gotten five more additional points. She correctly guessed that Albert would win Immunity for three points and that Ozzy would win the duel for two. David got zero points. Aww. So congratulations, Nicole, for furthering your lead even more. <sighs> All right, now it's time to predict for next week. First up, who wins the duel, Cochran or Ozzy?
1: I think it's going to be Ozzy.
0: I pray that it is going to be Cochran, and I'm going to go against you. I'm I'm hanging on to that little... Piece of thread. A hope of a chance. Alright, who wins immunity?
1: Um, I think it might be Sophie.
0: You're going Sophie. I'm going Albert. Alright, who is voted out?
1: I think it's going to be Edna.
0: I need points here. I'm so far behind. I'm going to switch it up just to try to do something crazy. So I'm going to say Brandon gets out. Hmm. Alright, and... When we're watching Survivor, who's going to be the first person we see holding a torch?
1: I am going to go with Brandon.
0: And I will go with Coach. So there you have it. There are our predictions. We'd love to hear from you if you want. Uh, please check us out on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com, and be sure to also check us out on iTunes, David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast, subscribe, favorite, rate, all that fun stuff. We also have a Facebook group. If you type in David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast, you can join our Facebook group to find out who's the latest guest is going to be. We post there as soon as we find out. So that's another great way to learn more about uh, our podcast and what's going on and what's happening. So, that is all we have for this week. Once again, a big thanks to Sean, and be sure to check out his blog. Do you have anything else, Nicole?
2: Nope, that's it. Thank you for listening, guys.
0: All right. Bye.
2: Bye.